turn to Matthew chapter 28. Folks around here has heard me tell this story about my grandmother, Mama Camel. Mama Camel would tell me when I first started preaching, she'd tell me, she said, now son, they're going to get up there and do a whole lot of announcements. They're going to make a lot of plans and they got a lot of things to go through. And they're going to get this thing all messed up. And what you need to do when you, before you preach, you need to sing. And you just keep on singing until the anointing falls and then you preach. Well, I remember the first time she was there, she told me that. And I sang. I felt like it was time and I preached. There were several got saved that time and Mama Calma, my grandmother, called me over there. She said, see there, I told you. Worked, didn't it? I said, sure did. Boy, the next night of revival, I was there and I sang again, just like, you know, I was thinking about what Mama Campbell said. And I, and I preached. Wasn't nobody saved that night. And she said, come here. I said, what is it? She said, see there, you didn't sing enough. <laughs> Praise God. God. Amen. Let's read this. We're here today. We're celebrating Easter. We're celebrating the resurrection of what Christ did. If you've got a pen and paper, you may want to write down some verses when you get home that it'll help you. I spent yesterday, just every time a, something would come to my mind in the Holy Spirit, I would write it down. But we as, we as saints of God, we celebrate today. Today's a big day. Matter of fact, it's the biggest day. If he hadn't come out of the grave, then we couldn't have had the Holy Spirit living inside us. So therefore, we would probably go to the synagogues or we would go to the churches, but the Spirit wouldn't have anything to do with it. But when he arose from the grave, we know that he said, if I don't go, the Spirit can't come. But thank God he went to the right hand of the Father and they sent the Holy Spirit. Jesus has arisen from the grave. Amen. Verse chapter 28, verse 1. In the end of the Sabbath, as it began to draw toward the first day of the week, came Mary Magdalene and the other Mary to see the sepulcher. I wonder why they was looking, huh? I believe they knew something was going to go on. I love a word, behold. It says, and, comma, behold, comma, look here. There was a great earthquake. For the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled a stone from the door and sat upon it. His countenance was like the lightning and his raiment white as snow. And for fear of him, the keepers did shake and became as dead men. And the angel answered and said unto the women, Fear ye not, for I know that you seek Jesus, which was crucified. Listen, it said, he is not here. I said, he is not here. For he is risen, as he said, come see the place where the Lord lay. What a happening. Who is this man named Jesus? Well, if we look at scripture, we could we could go over to Scripture and, and chapter and John, the book of John. Let's just go. I wasn't going to go, but I need to bad. Because so many times we come to church and maybe there's not enough Scripture to help us along the way. John chapter 1 and verse 29, when you get there, save a man. That means you've beat me. <laughs> John the Baptist said these words. John chapter 1 
and verse 29. Who is this man? The next day John seeth Jesus, the man we're talking about, coming to him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sins of the world. Behold, the Lamb of God, the one that was sent to die on a cross for our sin, a sacrificial lamb. He come as he hung on a cross because he loved you and I. He bore the cross. He marched up Calvary's hill. They whooped him. They beat him. They, they had a thing called a, a cat of nine tails and, and it would pull the flesh and bone out of his body. They whooped him so bad that another person had to come. Simon had to come and, and get up under the cross. I can imagine what was said in the conversation as they walked by our resurrected Savior. I, I would think he would say to him, man, what have you done so bad that these people would hate you so much? Oh, maybe the conversation would be, well, I died. I'm going to die for the whole world, but I didn't meet a man by the way that they lowered down through a church building and he was paralyzed. I, I did remember telling him to take up his bed and walk. I, I do remember several things where I've done so many great things, but I, I cannot find not one person that I've actually done any wrong to. A lamb, a lamb that was sent to be a sacrifice for your sins. I don't know how you feel about Jesus' day. I don't know if you want to give your life to Jesus' day. That's up to you. But let me tell you what Scripture says. Jesus, this perfect man, this man that was beaten, said, well, why, why did he get beaten? Why did he go through all that? If he had all power, why did he do that? Listen to this verse. The Bible says, he that knew no sin, Jesus, he that knew no sin, he became sin, that you may become the righteous of God. Now, in case you in here today and all that across your mind, that Satan has put to your mind, I don't believe these people are no better than me. You're exactly right. But what makes the difference is Jesus is better than all of us. And the only way that you can go to the Father is through the Son, and you have to come with a childlike faith, meaning, are you hearing me? Meaning that in and of myself, I can do nothing. In and of myself, I've got a heart in me that's desperately wicked. Now you got an issue. Now you got a thing that's called pride. Now you got a thing that you got to step out in faith. If you're going to go to heaven, you got to step out in faith that Jesus, you got to believe it with all of your heart, soul, and mind that Jesus actually died for your sin. Physically, he died. In the United Kingdom, it was said the other day that 47% of the Christians in the United Kingdom don't believe that Jesus physically died. They don't believe. Let me tell you something. He hung on the cross and when he, when he had been beaten, he had been spit on. He said these words, it's finished. And he died. Our Savior died on an old rugged cross. He died. You say, well, why in the world would I, would I want to serve someone like that? Why would I want to give my life to him? Listen, if that's as far as you go, you're exactly right. But I come to tell you it had already been prophesied that after he laid in a tomb for three days, 
Now you can go check where they buried Buddha at and I'm going to tell you something. You can get some scientific evidence that that man died and look at that's where he was. But I tell you what, if you go to the tomb of Jesus, you can search all you want to. You can scrape the rocks all you want to. You won't find no evidence that that man was ever there. Why? Because he's the only one that arose from the grave. What a mighty God we serve. You see all, Brother Eddie, look at all them folks up clapping their hands. I'm going to tell you one thing. If you was ever headed to a devil's hell, boy, I used to be like that. I'd go to church, not sitting there all dignified. I didn't know how low down I was. Man, I didn't ever think about how holy God was. Man, I didn't ever think about if I went to the nursing home every day and I fed every old lady in there just like a baby and I fed them applesauce and I carried all the men to the bathroom and I cleaned them out after they had pooped in the, in the pampers or whatever it was. It would not make one iota when I stand before a holy God. I would still be filthy and undone. But I come to tell you about a man named Jesus that shed his blood. Oh, there they go again. There they go again. They standing up clapping. Some got their hands up. Oh, I done went to church all my life. Don't you tell me about church folk. I was just like a lot of y'all. I didn't know nothing about the Holy Ghost. Look here, I wanted to go to heaven, but I didn't want nothing inside of me that was going to make me do anything that I didn't want to do. I tell you what, I stand before you today, and Billy Graham will stand before you today, and he tell you that in and of himself, he couldn't do nothing. In and of himself, he couldn't be righteous. But I come to tell you, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Now, if I was at a football game with you, I'm sure if our team, after we done drove two hours to get there, maybe four hours to get there, is all, is all the roaring done went on, and my word, finally, you know, we just got that little pumpkin through the end of the ball post down there with them angle irons up, my word, we would stand up and we would roar. But you know what? At the end of the day, it don't make no difference. I ain't going to call no names because I'd make you mad. I can list all the ball teams that you like. But at the end of the day, it ain't going to make no difference what no professional ball team did. It ain't going to make no difference what no professional baseball player did. But I tell you what, it'll mean everything to what Jesus did for you. And why don't you give another hand? You ain't going to die and go to hell because you bad. Everybody's bad. You ain't going to go to heaven because you're good. You're going to go to heaven because one day in a service like this on Easter Sunday morning, you swallowed your pride and you said, Brother Eddie, I ain't got that peace inside my heart that I know that if I died, I'd go to heaven and I want to be saved. See, it ain't but one kind of person can get saved. Oh, we got it. I remember that Tuesday night. God done set me up. I done found my way down at that Assembly of God church after my mother done begged me to come. I done made every excuse in the world. I said, I'm going down front because I know how them people are going to do. They're going to come get me if I don't. I'm just going to go down there and fake it. I'm going to kneel down there and pray. But thank God, Ezekiel said in his writings, 
He said, I searched for one man to stand in the gap for me. I thank God for one preacher man that loved me enough that straddled me like he was riding a donkey. And he asked me the question, boy, if you died tonight, would you go to heaven? You know what I was doing? I went to church every Sunday morning before that. You know what that good did me? None. I went to church every Sunday night before that. You know what that did me? None. I went to church every Wednesday night. Wow. You know what that did me? None. I tithed since I was 14 years old. I was 27 years old on the Tuesday night that I went and gave my life to Jesus. Since I was 14 years old, I made sure I tithed. I gave a nickel that first 50 cents was gave to me when I was cutting a man's yard with a sickle lawnmower. I'm telling you, I tithed. You know what that good that did me? Nothing. But on a Tuesday night, kneeling on a front pew, of a Assembly of God church. You said, I wonder what was wrong with you. <laughs> I didn't ever think you was one of us. I'm going to tell you something. If a Presbyterian has ever stretched out his hand toward God and called out on God, he believed that Jesus died on the cross for his sins and swallowed his pride and the Holy Ghost of God filled him, that Presbyterian is going to heaven. You hear me? If a Catholic that's all Catholic. Oh, yeah, we got Michelle back there. I remember them being at a horse show one time, her and her husband. I said, y'all get on my horse. Y'all just ride that horse around. I remember the first time I met them, they was riding. The husband said, Michelle don't understand. She's Catholic. But it wasn't long because folks was loving on her. She showed up in a church service and the Holy Ghost of God got a hold of Michelle. And I'm here to tell you, it didn't matter if she was a Catholic. God will save a Catholic. I believe it's going to be more church members to go to hell. The Bible said many will come to me that day and say, Lord, Lord, hadn't I done all these things? Now, if you're sitting there and you're not accustomed to going to church, I know you love this kind of preaching. I used to. I'd go preach revivals and I'd tell them preachers, I said, look here, tell your deacons to get ready. Because I'll tell you what, I'm finna get up and preach. Them sorry, low down rascals. He said, Brother Eddie, why would you want to do that? I said, because lost folks, they love to hear how sorry that church folks are and I'm trying to get to their heart and I hope it tickles your fancy when I tell you today that if all preachers, if they ain't been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, if they ain't been filled with the Holy Ghost, they will die and they will go to a devil's hell. Every Baptist that never has been filled with the Holy Ghost would die and go to a devil's hell. Every Presbyterian that ain't been filled with the Holy Ghost of God will die and go to a devil's hell. Now, what is that, Brother Eddie? That's that thing when he ascended to heaven. You said, now, Brother Eddie, now I've walked down an aisle. Well, good for you. Good for you. You've got to do more than that. You know what the Bible says at the end? They that endure to the end, the same shall be saved. This ain't starting out in something. This ain't carrying me back to I was 14 years ago. Said, you don't understand. It embarrassed me good. Lord, I've been embarrassed a whole lot in my life. Amen. Me and my cousin, I ain't never been around nothing like that. 
We was playing. We had a little bit of boys. I remember the medicine cabinet. We got up on that medicine cabinet and I thought it was chocolate candy up there. I got me some of it. It was X-Lights. I was embarrassed. I've been embarrassed about a lot of things. Look, it ain't about him being embarrassed. It's about you coming to a point in your life that realizing that you're lost and you're going to go to the devil's hell. Let me tell you something. Don't you sit here this morning and say, I don't understand. And so, Ben, I don't understand. When I, when I get to heaven, I'm ignorant, so I don't understand. Let me tell you something. Everybody's in this house to say and fill with the Holy Ghost. You know you say and fill with the Holy Ghost. And everybody that's in this house that ain't saying. Now, Brother Eddie, why in the world you keep bringing up that Holy Ghost? I'm glad you asked me. Look at these verses right here where we was in John. And John seeth Jesus coming unto him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sins of the world. Now, someone asked a friend of mine one time, said, uh, what did you have to give to God to get saved? He said, I ain't giving nothing. I gave him nothing. He took it. You see where it said he come to take away the sin of the world? You know how much sin I still got in my life compared to a holy God? You know how I would look to stand before a holy God today? Do you know without the shed of blood of sin, the Bible says there's no Remittance for your sins, it can't be remitted no more. There's no pardon for your sin other than the shed blood of Jesus. You know the biggest thing we got is going to send folks to hell. You cannot deny yourself. <laughs> you probably scared as I am. You scared God's going to call you to preach too, ain't you? Man, I remember that song they used to sing in the churches. Wherever he leads, I'll go. <laughs> Wherever he leads, I'll go. I'll follow the Christ who loved me so. Wherever he leads, I'll go. I remember sitting in a church one time and Diane bumped me and said, why aren't you singing? I said, I ain't singing that. <laughs> Man, I seen myself way out there in some tall grass over in Africa somewhere. So I ain't singing that song. I ain't singing that. I'm going to tell you something. That's the reason why we don't want to be saved. Because we know down deep inside that all the things that we love to do that God just might take something from you. I'm going to tell you something. God ain't going to take nothing good from you. Whatever you got that you're enjoying right now, you'll go enjoy it tomorrow. Yesterday I was in Bowling Green. I had a plan. I was sitting with a plan. There was no way that I could lose, I thought in my mind. But I forgot about me. <laughs> you, ever, you ever gave yourself a little bit too much credit? There was only one team behind me that had more cows than anybody. If I sort one cow, I'm in the lead. If I sort two or three, everybody else had to sort, sort 10, but I was so far ahead, all I had to do was sort one cow. I'm guaranteed second. I sort two or three, and I'm in good shape, and I think I'm a better team than anybody else, so I made me a plan. I knew that the man that was riding with me didn't have a very good horse. So read what I said was, whatever I do, I don't need to leave the gate. If someone's gonna go get the cow, let the novice go get the cow. 
You got it. Just don't lose it at the gate. It started, Reed. I said, go get your cow. He went and got his cow. They flushed up there just like I thought it was. They'd have been sorted. They're fresh, Reed. They flushed up there just like it's sorted. By the grace of God, we got them all headed. Slow down, slow down, I told him. Before I knew that adrenaline then got flowing in me, Reed, I was in the herd. Ain't but one cow, my cow coming. Ain't no reason why that somebody that's on a halfway decent horse could not head the cow. And Reed, he was hollering. He was saying, hey, hey, hey. I thought that's pretty good, but you need to move your horse up a little bit and turn my cow. And he said, hey, hey, hey. And you know what? The cow went by him. I wound up in third place. I don't like third place. <laughs> How many of y'all love third place? I don't like third place. How many have ever been in third place? <laughs> oh, I'm going to tell you something. You come in this place today, you got a plan. Man, I remember, I remember when I made a deal with God in Miami, Florida. I was in a brickland contest in Miami, Florida. I said, God, if you allow me to win this, I'll give you my life at 27 years old. What a fool I was. 16-year-old in Miami, Florida. I, look here, when I went to town, that was Stanton, Tennessee. I remember when they put the schools together and I was at Sunny Hill, a girl called me, said, you coming to the football game tonight? I said, to town? <laughs> I don't go to town. I go to Staten, I don't go to town. Let me tell you something, we've got a plan in life that we think's gonna, gonna work. Look here, God allowed me to live I was 27 years old. He rung my bell down at that altar, that pew that night, and he said, you promised me. I had forgotten all about it. I wonder how many things that you really needed in your life. And God should have struck us. Everyone did. And we said, Lord, if you'll do this, I'm going to get in church. If you'll get me out of this jam, if you'll heal my son, if you'll touch my daughter, if you'll just bless my business, Lord, I'm going to do better and you're more low down today than you've ever been. But you know what? God's still got an outstretched hand for you. God still loves you. There ain't no love like God's love. He loves you. Now let me teach you with a scripture right here that you've got open or you got your pen about a baptism that you know nothing of. <laughs> I'm going to tell you about a baptism that when you get up on the Lord's day, it'll make you go. Huh? When amazing grace when amazing grace goes to be singing, somebody go out and take, I mean, you're like one of them Oh, that's a big word. I can't even say it. Ventriloquist. Yeah. Well, that was big. My tongue hardly, I never got her in there. I mean, all of a sudden, you'd be like, I can't believe this. Man, this ain't being Pentecostal. This is being saved. The Bible said, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Has God been good to you? Just answer the question. <laughs> Who is? Let me finish right here. We'll be going. Look here. Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. 27 years old, I got saved. Saved. I got filled with the Holy Ghost. Because there ain't no way I'd be pastoring church without the Holy Ghost. I wouldn't put up with you. Can't win. I can't win. I mean, 
You ever been? You ever been where you're knocking them, Randy, when you, you ever been a fire where you hit that thing and that frog's head or whatever it is, pop one down, nothing pops up? Man, when I'm over here pleasing one, nothing's mad. I go over and kiss on this and pleasing it, nothing's mad. I mean, it ain't no winning. It ain't no winning. Everybody, somebody is upset with the pastor all the time. I can wash your car, bury your grandmama, dig the grave and cover up after you've gone home. Still, you're going to find something wrong with the pastor. I ain't no good. Let me tell you what the Bible says. The Bible says that work that he began in you, he'll complete it. You still, after being saved, got a whole lot that God wants to do in your life. Quit expecting so much out of the preacher. Quit expecting so much out of that person that is a Christian that's trying to do wrong. Don't die and go to hell on their mistakes. You know the best thing we can do, Brother Mark? Every day of our life, if we call ourselves a Christian, is get up every day and just take us a chalk line, Brother David Blurton, and put that chalk line all around. Say, God, if you want to do something in somebody, do it in me. Huh? He's still working on me, the little song says, to make me what ought to be. It took him just a week to make the moon and the stars, the sun and the earth and Jupiter and Mars. How loving and patient he must be. He's still working on me. Won't nobody love your sorry self like God? We low down. We got a heart and it's wicked. We, we capable of doing anything at any time. But God wants to put something in you. You remember when you used to be in school and you was dreading it and the teacher was going around and I got to quit. I know, that, I know it's Easter. Listen to me. And the teacher's going around asking questions <laughs> and you sitting right there you like that little boy on Ghostbusters when that man shocked him that deal and that chewing gum come out, y'all remember? <laughs> Listen to me. You know that teacher's going to ask you a question in just a minute and you're just about nervous. You're about ready to pee in your britches and all of a sudden the bell goes off. Brrr, look at school's out. Man, what joy it brings you. I'm going to tell you something. We wicked. We are. We're going to all stand before the Lord. The Bible said every knee is going to bow and every tongue is going to confess that he's Lord. Let me read these few scriptures about the baptism. Verse 30. This is he of whom I said, John the Baptist. And after he cometh a man which is preferred before me. For he was before me. I talked to a man the other day. He's one of them churches all about baptism. I said, good. You've been baptized in the Holy Ghost. You ought to seen how that man looked at me. He's all about going into a pool of water. The Bible wants us to do that. It's an outward expression of what's happened on the inside, but it's not salvation. Salvation is when you give yourself to the Lord and you say, God, I ain't ashamed. <laughs> Jen, raise your hand. You see her back down there? Oh, it's been about a month ago. Jen, come here. I preached up there in just cowboy churches up there around, you know, before we get to Nashville, Dixon, Franklin, all up in there. She come to me, she said, Brother Ed, I ain't got no peace. I don't have no peace. Now, I want to think that I've asked Jesus to come in my heart, but I don't have no peace, Brother Eddie. I don't have no joy. Do you know that peace and love and joy is one of the fruits of the Holy Spirit? Do you know that it's going to be hard 
to call something an orange unless it's orange. It's got a hole on it. It won't be an apple. It won't be a grape. It won't even look like one. It'll be an orange. I said, Jen, you reckon you shut the door on the Holy Ghost? You reckon you want to go to heaven real bad? You reckon you no way you want to go to hell? And so you just, you just did what it took for just to please everybody else. Do you reckon when the Holy Spirit got ready to get in there, you shut the door to the Holy Spirit? I'm about done. Listen. He's preferred before me, for he was before me. And I knew him not, but that he should be made manifest in Israel. Therefore, I come baptizing with water. And John bare record saying, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and it abode upon him. And I knew him not, but he that sent me to baptize with water. The same said unto me, upon whom thou shalt see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, the same is he which baptized with the Holy Ghost. Amen. Jesus said, I am the door. No man come to the Father except he come by me. But when we read God's word, John the Baptist said, I'm baptizing with that water. That wet stuff that you walk into, he might have been standing in the water when he said that. But he said, there's one coming that's going to baptize you with the Holy Ghost. Let me tell you what Scripture says. Scripture says to all of us, know you not that you're not your own. Well, I'm just going to do what I want to do. No, you ain't. Hey, I ain't got it all going on, but I can't do what I want to do. I, I, I tell folks, I say, you don't know how you save for sure? <laughs> I know it's a rub you wrong, but let me just say it anyway, and it'll be okay. If you get up on Sunday morning, you just say, I ain't going to church. The Bible said he uh, chastises those he loves. I'm not saying you got to go to church every Sunday to be a Christian. That ain't what I'm saying at all. But being a believer, let me ask this question. How far do you think that I really want God to let me go? I don't want to be serving a God that's going to let me get up next Sunday morning and say, you know what, I just don't think I'm going to go. I'm not saying there ain't going to be time you ain't there. You may be on vacation, or may take a few days off, may be going on a little old trip. You know, God, God honor that. God's a loving God. I'm talking about to get up and habitually say that I ain't going to go to church. I don't want to serve a God, Randy, that's going to let me not go to church. I don't want God being my master that ain't going to let me not go to church. He said the day is coming when it ain't going to be about worshiping me on that mountain. Or on that mountain. He said the day's coming. That you're going to worship me. In spirit. You looking at me. And I'm looking at you. Yeah. Oh let me tell you something. There's so many denominations. They don't want that word ghost. 
They hate that word ghost. They ain't using the old King James Bible. If you ain't got one day, I ain't preaching about your Bible. I'm just talking about, look here, they don't want that word ghost. They don't want that word blood in there. Look here, they don't want that word forgiven in there. Look here, they just want to take out all them words that they can to go to heaven. You've got to be baptized. John the Baptist said, I'm baptizing you with water. If you're going to get through Jesus, Renee, you're going to have to be baptized in the Holy Ghost. You know why, Matthew? Because the Holy Ghost is the only thing going to be bigger than me and you. And it's going to cause you. It's going to cause you. No, it's going to cause you. You know, we got something built up in us. If we got a dessert that we really like, we could have went, went on a diet yesterday. How many of y'all ever woke up and went on a diet that morning? How many of y'all have ever broke it before you went home at night? I mean, in and of yourself, you just went on a diet, Johnny. Then here comes somebody with a brand new banana just like you liked it, sliced up on top of that banana pudding. I mean, just like you like it. And it's homemade and it's got that calf slobber on top of it. Like, good gracious. I could have took anything to Walmart. Who made it? Mama made it. <laughs> Dive off in there. What, what happened to you? You said you was on a diet. You said, I'm not doing sweets no more. I got a calorie count. I'm going, that's as far as I'm going. What happens? That, 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 that to be satisfied. Oh, that taste. You know what the Bible says about that same thing? He said, oh, taste and see. That the Lord, he is good. You know the reason why you can't do it? Because there's something in your belly that's stronger than what you done said you're going to do. And the Bible said when we get saved, he said, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the word. He said, I'll call you to keep my statutes and obey my commands. Look here, the Bible says that. Now ain't nobody right. Nobody. I know if you're in your lost condition, you've sat there. How many times you done bucked me since I got started? Well, I'm looking over yonder, and I know that gal over yonder. She goes to church all the time. She ain't no better than I am. She been, I tell you what, she got told to go since she better. Amen. Better watch that judging too. That's right. <laughs> the Bible said, how you judge, you're going to be judged accordingly. Man, I, I'd, rather be, I'd rather be in the army and the lieutenant working on me to show me how to get shot than not never be up under no boot camp and they throw me out there and I don't even know how to load my gun. I'm going to tell you something. We know. We that are saved, we know. We fall short of the kingdom of God. That's why we come and clap. That's why we raise our hands because God's grace has done kept us. God's grace can't be applied to your life until you ask for it. I'm going to close if we go over to the book of Revelation. No, I ain't. I'm going to let you slide with that. Go to Corinthians. I, I, I got to get this in here. It's got to be still in my Bible. First Corinthians chapter 15. If it ain't in there, it's going to be in second Corinthians. Second Corinthians chapter 15. No, first Corinthians 15. You turning them pages. That's good. If 
you can't find them, the resurrection of Christ, 1 Corinthians chapter 15. I read this at most every graveside service. Most every graveside service. I want to tell you that when you take your last breath, whether it be live here today, the car hits you, somebody's texting, looking at Facebook, whatever they're doing. Do you know how many people go down the road with their phone in front of them driving? You know how hard it'd be for you to die today? Real easy. I ain't got no dying party. I got a living party. Because you know what? If somebody was to come over in my lane today, just because of the grace of God, not because I'm good, but because he's good, and I've accepted my stand before you today, I'm not ashamed of this gospel. You can cuss me. You can run me down. You can tell lies on me. I don't care what you do. I'm in Christ. I don't look at you and have everything this world's got to offer. If the rapture takes place right here, right here in 15 minutes, look here. The key's in my pocket right up there in that room. You can have that truck out there. There's a key in my pocket for that house I live in. You can have that house. You can have all the horses. You can have the barn. You can have it all. Let me tell you something. I want to go to heaven real bad. I said I want to go to heaven real bad. You'd say, man, I don't understand that way of talking. I'm telling you again, I would love, Jen, to be in heaven right now. I would love to see my grandmama and granddaddy. I'd love to be with my daddy. I would love to be with my uncles that went on. That, would that be such a big thing? Look at, I'd love to be in a place where it ain't no cancer. Nobody's going to grow old again. I don't know about you, but I would love to be in heaven. Man, that's good preaching. But you know what? We can't find them that. You know what the Bible said life is? It's just a vapor. You walk down an aisle, you shook the preacher's hand, and boy, you sure had a good time getting in that water. But you know what? You just can't hook up with the things of God. Behold, I show you a mystery in verse 51. 1 Corinthians 15, 51. And we're going to try to go. If I stay much longer, we're going to take up another offering anyway. It said, behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall be changed. In the moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at that last trump, for the trump shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible body, you won't talk about a resurrection. There's a resurrection day coming for all the saints of God. Sister Judy, your husband is going to be resurrected. He's going to have a brand new body and we're going to be with him forever. For this corruptible, that's this body we have, must put on incorruption. This thing that fades away, that's got years numbered on it. And this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall I put on incorruption and this mortal shall I put on immortality, then shall be brought the past of sand that is written. Death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, grave, where is your victory? The sting of death is sin and the strength of sin is the law. 
But thanks be to God, which giveth us a victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord for as much as you know that you labor. Brother Eddie, you crazy. You crazy, man. You're crazy. Y'all start the invitation so I'll quit maybe. Why you want to serve somebody that was riding a donkey and they called him kings of kings even then. You need some more verses so you can leave here with the word. Revelation 19 and verse 11. We're closing. We're in the invitation right now. Johnny Wayne, will you go? And Andrew's going to go with you. Go find Andrew, Johnny. Everything's back there ready. Thank you. Y'all give Johnny Wayne a hand clap. He's such a blessing to me. He ain't going to be tied in a whooping post no more, not my Jesus. No, you can curse him. You can hang around folks who use God's name in vain if you want to. I don't do that. It's way too important to me. You go to using God's name in vain to me, and I'm going to call you down. You just get ready to beat me. I ain't going to hang around you. I'll leave your house. You won't do it in my house. You won't do it in my truck. That ain't the only reason why I let folks out of my truck. I let people out of my truck for other reasons. I do bad all by myself. I don't need no help. I don't need no help. He ain't coming back on no donkey. Listen to this. Verse 11 of chapter 19. It says these words. It said, I saw heaven open and behold a white horse. He that sat upon it was called faithful and true. And in righteousness he doth judge and make war. His eyes were as a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns. And he had a name written that no man knew but he himself. And he was clothed with a vesture dripped, dipped with, in blood. And his name is called the Word of God. And the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses, clothed in white linen, white and clean. And out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword, that with it should smite the nations, and he shall rule them with a rod of iron. And he treadeth the winepress and the fierceness of wrath of Almighty God. And he hath on his vesture and on the thigh a name written, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Now let me tell you something. The Bible said every knee is going to bow and every tongue is going to confess. You know what he is to you today? He's your Savior. As I tried my best, and I might could today, to get up on here to try to tell you last Sunday on homecoming, he's got an outstretched hand he's reaching for you. He's reaching you for you as hard as he can. Why? Because today... He is your Savior. A man showed up for court. The next day, he went fishing. The man that showed up from court fell out of the boat. The judge jumped in the water. 
Got up under him, got him back in his boat. He came back to court a few days later after they put it off. He was standing before the judge. He recognized that he was that man that got him out of the water. He was drowning. He said, hold it, judge. Hold it. He said, I know you. You was the one, you was the man that saved me. He said, that's right. He said, see, yesterday I was your savior. But today I'm your judge. Let me tell you something. You know what he judges the saints of God on today? The blood of Jesus. That's all he looks for is the blood of Jesus. When he comes back, he ain't going to be tied in no whooping post. You know what he's going to judge you on? He's going to judge you on what you did. I don't know about you, but I'm glad I'm under grace today. I'm glad that God ain't going to judge me on what I did, but he's going to judge me whether or not I ask Jesus to come in my heart and whether or not the blood of Jesus is applied to my life. I mean, get a hold of yourself. Do you really think that anybody could stand before a loving, honest, holy God and him say, well done, my good and my faithful servant? No way. But if you'll deny yourself today, you'll swallow that pride. You ain't going to go to hell because you drank a beer. I didn't tell you to go drink no beer. You ain't going to go to hell because you're drunk. You ain't going to go to hell because you're a drug addict. I don't see how in the world they can do that. Look at you ain't the one who died for them. You leave God to do that. You'll die and go to hell because a pride got you right in them seats where you are today. And you ain't just about to come down here. I'm going to tell you something. you got somebody in your life right now. You think more than them than you do your own life. I hope they appreciate you. Man, I can't get saved. They'll do this and they'll do that. They ought to appreciate you. You're going to die and go to hell to please them. And you're going to be in the devil's hell one day. And Satan's going to laugh at you all throughout eternity. Would you stand to your feet? Thank you for coming. Lord, Lord, I would love to say that if the rapture was to take place right now, Lord, I'd love to say, God, if you was to come back right now, boy, I'd love.